Hi, it's Adam Bogdan. You're listening to Line of Vienna podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are you all doing? We're back once again. Episode 13 of the Love Pod. Unlucky for some, but not for us, and not for you. Uh, I'm joined tonight by Dan, our resident tech guru. Good evening, Dan. How are you? I'm not too bad, Chris. How have you been this fine weekend? I'm fine. I thought you weren't there for a second. That's a good start to the podcast. Oh, no, I'm I'm right here. That's crap. I'm good. I'm good. It's been a busy old day. Uh, You know, Mrs. decides that she wants to move house, so you have to start ordering rug doctors and... Painting walls and things like that. It's just your average Sunday. Yeah. Um, what about yourself? Have you been up to much? Um, I should be revising for my impending exams, but um, I've done that all. In fairness, it's eating away at me. But what can you do? Probably well, revise. As long as you give us, <laughs> as long as we give us your, your full attention, that's the main thing. We're Indeed. also joined tonight by uh, special guest Tom. Uh, Tom is the proud winner. I, I say proud winner. He was the first account <laughs> that I noticed to answer the question. Um, who, who posted a, a comment on our articles on the website. Uh, Tom is the, uh, the, the face, the voice behind the Down the Manny Road Twitter account, which is always a decent one for contributions to the line of Vienna and also to any chat about Bolton. So hi, Tommy, all right? Yeah, not too bad, lads. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no, you're very welcome. Uh, how's your weekend been? I've had a bit of an FA Cup hangover today, actually. It's been um, just a day of sitting, watching football for a full day yesterday, so I've got been thoroughly useless all weekend but yeah full, oh, full football which is always good what else are weekends for eh fantastic Absolutely. good stuff so right well without further ado um we'll dive straight in oh before we just say that we'll say we'll, we'll this is the first time that we've had one of well one of you guys on you guys being the, the lovely listeners and readers of line of vienna something we're going to repeat from time to time so just keep an eye out on the website and the twitter feed to so make sure you're following us make sure you're registered on the website as well to comment on our articles and from time to time We'll reintroduce this. His fingers crossed Tom's not going to spoil it for you all. And, uh, yeah, and so keep your eyes out, keep your fingers peeled, and we'll, we'll get you on the pod very soon, hopefully. Right. So that, without uh, any further ado for the second time, segment one, rumour roundup. Um, so it's been a relatively, relatively quiet week. Um, a couple of flurries of activity here and there. We'll start with the most recent, uh, and I'm going to come to you first, Tom, as the debutant. We've got, um, supposedly, uh, Gary Hooper. He's coming to the Wanderers now where... He was linked with us back in January, but Norwich's promotion has meant they're looking elsewhere for striking talent. So Hooper may, uh, may be back on the market and he's coming over to Bolton. So what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? Well, particularly this week with the Prattley news, I feel like I needed something uh, to cheer me up. I think I've listened to far too much Coldplay this week, thinking about Darren Prattley and getting a bit <laughs> depressed about it all. Um, to be honest, I'm a bit sceptical. Not only the source it's come from, um, but also it's this... Lennon factor that people keep talking about that really we mm. haven't seen any evidence of it. It might happen, and if it does, you know I think we've got a twenty goal a season striker there, which is which is what everybody's after. Um, it's, it, it cheers you up, doesn't it? It makes pre season or the, the off season a bit more interesting, something to get excited yeah. about. Um, yeah, definitely. we needed that, this week, didn't we? Yeah, definitely. Like I'm just about to say, the uh, all the talk so far has been players leaving, so players coming in has been. It makes a it makes a welcome distraction. Now I'm going to stick with you for the time being, just because you knew and I can pick on you a little bit. 
But um, yeah, someone yeah. posed the question earlier on whether you would rather have Hooper or whether you'd rather have Lafondre, and, and where do you stand on that debate? It's a nice, one, it? it's a nice debate. It's a nice debate to be having, um, yeah, because at one true. point in the season, you know, at the end of the season, we were looking and saying, right, are we having a, a, a half fit Emil Heskey or Craig Davis up front? And now we're, we're talking mm. about two, two fifteen twenty goal a season strikers. I mean, I've seen more of Lafondre. Um, I do think Hooper's got more goals in him. Um, I'd probably just go for Hooper because I think he's just got that that five five to seven more goals a season in it than Lafonda has. Um, saying that, I don't think I don't think Alfie did too much wrong when he was here. Um, no, he, not at all. Not at all. Lacked lacked a bit of support. I think when Clough and Prattley in particular, when they were injured, he he, he was on his own a bit. Um, but yeah, Hooper just about edges it. I think. Yeah, fair enough. What one slight deficit for Hooper? Well, one you know tiny black mark. He's, I don't think he's played Championship ball before, but he's played uh, you know he's played for uh, for Celtic in the Champions League, etc. So his pedigree is, is decent. But Dan, the same question to you: Hooper or Lavondre? Who would you go with if you had a straight choice? Like Tom said, it's obviously a very nice debate to have, even if it is very hypothetical. I, I doubt we could capture either really, but I think. Lafondre's definitely more proven at this level and I def- think he's definitely more of an out-and-out goal scorer. But I think Hooper just offers you that a little bit more. I think he's a bit more of a... Like, like we saw for stand against us at the Macron, he, he's the type of player who can just grab a goal right at the end out of seemingly nothing. So I think... I, it is hard cause I think they're quite different, different players and would be happy with either. But I'd probably say... I think probably Lafondre for me, just because he is because gu- he is guaranteed to score your goals. With who who's had the better time really since he's left Celtic. Yeah, I mean, I can uh, <clears throat> I can see the benefit in uh, in either in both or, or you know at the same time or independent one another. I think both have got uh, have got what we lack, with, which is goals. And you know, however they come about, we don't really care. When you've got people like Clough uh, making the bullets for Hooper or Lafondre to pull the trigger. And I think that's going to be uh, it's going to be an exciting prospect if we can get him in. Would you be worried, Tom, that the financial impact of signing someone like him? Obviously, he moved from Celtic to Norwich and on Premier League money. He'll be on probably one of our top earners if he did sign. Would you be concerned that it'd be taking funds away from an area that perhaps that needs a bit more uh, attention? Should you say, like in the defence or uh, or the goalkeeping position? Yeah, possibly. I was think I was thinking about this today. I mean. You, it's all rumour and conjecture, uh, conjecture at the minute. But I mean, you're talking Bogdan and Prattley. The, the rumours are eighteen, twenty grand a week each that we're either mm-hmm. looking at renewing for them. So, you know, there's, there's a fair wedge there. I don't think Amos would command as much as that. I think I think we could get Amos slightly cheaper than than we were paying Bogdan or looking to pay Bogdan. So, it's a possibility. But you know that. The problem is this financial issue that's hanging over our heads isn't going to go away until we go up. Um, and that's a huge, huge task with the position that we're in. But that financial issue that we're in isn't going to be solved until we're playing Premier League football. And I suppose we, we need that, that goal scorer to get us there, don't we? So it's it's a difficult situation and the finances are always going to be a problem in, in the background. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely, so. and, and I think we, we spoke on that topic last week. I'm not sure if you heard the podcast, but uh, yeah, it was all argued that it's nice to have have choice, but do we really have choice? Because we don't know whether Lafondre is available again, or whether Russell Slade is going to come out and, and keep him at Norwich, at Cardiff, sorry. And, and yeah. so it might it might be a question that uh, that Lafondre definitely isn't available at all. Um, I mean, absolutely, you, yeah. You can't knock either player. I don't think They'd both be absolutely wonderful signings on their own. Um, but again, Dan, I'll, I'll pass it back to you um, 
financially, are you happy that we'd put, and, and we're guessing that we're going to put quite a lot of our eggs in, in Hooper's basket, so to speak? Well, like you've just been saying, I think a striker is definitely one of our most needed areas, and it's that and yeah. a goalkeeper, really. And I think I think you have to. You've got to. Um, what's the What's the phrase? You've got to speculate to accumulate that type of thing. So if we don't, if we say if we don't speculate to accumulate, that's, that's right. Yeah. I know we don't, probably don't have a pot to piss in in terms of money, but if we need we need to put some money somewhere if we're going to get a climb out of this bog my idea. But like I said, I don't think we will get him. I think the only reason, the only way we would get like, would get Hooper was okay. if Lennon could convince him. It's all, it's all up in the air, isn't it? I mean, Norwich could go out and, I mean, last time they went out, went up, they spent a ridiculous amount of money on Van Wolfswinkel and that, mm. I think, was seven, eight million. If they go out and spend a lot of money on a striker, they've already got um, some firepower up there, haven't they? They've got, they've got plenty up front. Mm. Um, so you never know. I mean, they're going to have to go out and buy a striker before they even think about letting him go. So, it's, you know, with Cameron Jerome and um, Lewis Graben as well, they're looking, they're looking pretty, pretty sorted up front unless they go out and buy again. So we're just waiting for it to, to trickle down, aren't we? To, to yeah, to it, little old Bolton in the bottom half of the championship. It sometimes takes a couple of moves, doesn't it, to kick everything off? And um, like you say, Graben or Jerome, you can imagine that one or two of them would be. Um, would be surplus to requirements, and and I won't tell a lie. I'd be quite happy if we loaned any of those three: Hooper, Jerome, or Grab, and they both sound decent. Um, Absolutely. I was, just yeah. che- I was checking out Hooper's ratio uh, record earlier on, um, and it's pretty impressive to be honest with you over his whole career. And he's only twenty-seven, but he, he's more or less a, a goal every other game over the course of his career, um, taking in spells in a few different countries. It's slightly more than that. So two hundred goals in about four hundred and sixty games. Um, the majority of which came at Celtic. He was one in two at Scunthorpe, and he was he was better than one in two at Celtic. Now Norwich, Norwich is just verging on sort of one one goal every three and a half games, but he's been injured for quite a lot of time um, in that yeah. period. So I don't think that's probably truly representative. Um, I'm surprised to be honest with you, uh, and I don't know what you think about this, Tom. We'll come back to you as to how he hasn't really prospered uh, since Alex Neil came in. Because I thought with him being a fellow Scot, he would probably uh, probably jump in there. I know Hooper was Hooper a naturalised Scottish international, I think. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, you're right, yeah. I think so. English, well, Scottish by association. Might have a great-great-grandparent. It's like the, the Kevin Nolan Island connection. That's I right, yeah, because I know he's... Uh, I, I had a quick gander on his Wikipedia just then, and I know he, he was born down south, but, um, yeah, apparently he's, he's included in a couple of provisional Scottish squads, but never actually made the full team. Didn't he make the English squad once? I thought, I thought he'd played for England once. At least had a bit of no, I think he was rumoured to have been involved at the time. Um, but he's never played under twenty-one football or awful international form. Mm. I think with his spell at Norwich, I, I, that was the reason we didn't get him in on loan, wasn't it? Because Neil came in and yeah. then wanted That's to keep right. him. Whereas Nigel Neil Adams, Nigel Adams wanted to, didn't want him at all. And obviously, again, that came back to haunt us. But I, I think with Hooper, Neil's just got him singing so well with that midfield. He's got, well, obviously they went up the last weekend, um, you know, the midfield yeah. of uh, Houlihan, Housen, Johnson, Tete, Redmond. He, there's no real need for him, especially with Jerome just leading the line as well as he does. So he has seemed a little surplus to acquirements. He didn't even get on the pitch at Wembley So he may be looking for a way out, actually. No. Yeah, it's very possible. One, one, one final point on Hooper before we move on, Tom, was that... Uh, very much like Lafondre, I think he's not. I don't even think he's five foot ten. He, you know, he's a fairly, fairly yeah. short guy for a for a main striker. Do you think that that stand against him, given our uh, our preference for wingers over history? Well, yeah, I suppose. I mean, he's he he fancies Heskey, doesn't he? 
Lennon, Lennon always, you know, when he's talking about our, our top-notch players, our, uh, you know, our experienced players, he's always bringing Heskey into it, even though he's probably only yeah. going to give you a, a good half an hour a game um, or a half if he's looking like he's blowing him and he needs to come off. But, you know, he's, it seems like Gary Medine's done and dusted. He, he played when Craig Davis was fit. He, he gave Craig Davis plenty of time. So I think he, he's, he's trying yeah, to get no, the big man in there, isn't he? He's trying yeah, to get the big that... man in there with him. Yeah, that seems to be his preference, doesn't it? Now, on that similar subject, moving on to the next uh, next player link with Wanderers, was a 29-year-old winger who's just been released by FC Nantes in France, um, apparently being chased by Charlton at the same time, Vincent Bessat, or Bessat, I'm not sure exactly how you uh, how you pronounce that, but uh, Dan, I'll come to you first on this one. Do you, do you know much about him over than uh, Football Manager 2011? I'm not a big Football Manager fan, so, a fan, so I don't even have that going from it. I just can't get into it. I've said this before on the podcast, I can't get into it, but... Um, He's bottled. That's something. And he, he looks. He looks, like a, he looks like a fancy pirate. But um, he's a, obviously he's a winger. And, um, he's not. He didn't score many goals. I think he's been at Nantes for Nantes, Nantes for four years now, and he scored seven goals in that time. So he's not a goal scoring winger. But he's played. played a neither few was. Teams. Neither was Chung Young. Yeah, exactly. Until he was moved into the middle, really. But um, he was a part of the team that kept Nantes in the league in this season. So he can't be that bad. But like I said, if, if a team like I think Lorient in the league are chasing him as well, so if. A, team of that yeah. pedigree of chasing him then you'd, you'd hazard a guess he wouldn't be coming here but if he's looking to try something new and go to a different league you never know it doesn't point to much of a future for Rob Hall at Bolton does it Tom? Uh, no um, I don't think he's ever been happy at Bolton has he to be honest no um, I think he, if any any followers of his Twitter account have seen that he he doesn't seem uh, overly enamoured to be to be a Bolton player I mean Sometimes it doesn't work out, and he's a young. What was he? Eighteen, nineteen when he came to us, young lad leaving yeah, London. Like that, for, yeah. You know, leaving London for the first time as a as a young lad, struggled to get into the team. You know, Dougie Freeman build him up as you know this big player. He was happy to spend money on him, and then to be fair to, to Rob, Hall never really got the chance to have a go. Uh, and when he did, it was fifteen minutes here and, and twenty minutes there. So he's gone to MK Dons. He's he's played well, got in the team. They've gone up. I can compl- I can totally see why he wants he wants to jump ship, um, and I think it's probably best for everyone that that Robbo moves on and try, tries tries it at a new club. Yeah, I mean I don't know a lot about Bessat. I'll confess, like I say, apart from having a few games with him on the on Footy Manager, which Danny, you're completely wrong about. But it, it's <laughs> in, it's it's interesting that you know it harks back to something that we we said last week, and I only recall that because I was walking the dog before and I listened to last week's podcast back uh, about. Lennon maybe importing a bit of experience into the team, a bit of quality experience, because the players that we're, we're losing, such as Prattley and Craig David, etc., are fairly experienced, aren't they? And so to fetch in someone that's played a lot of games, maybe towards the latter end yeah. of his career, being, being a bit harsh on him at 29, but having a bit of experience from abroad, taking a bit of a punt on someone that maybe he's not a household name, very much the way that Lennon operated in Celtic, at Celtic as well, you know, I mean... Who'd ever heard of Vincent Wanyama before he went there? Or, or that Virgil, what's his yeah. face? That 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 Dutch centre half. So there's always there's always a bit of scope and a bit of chance. And you can imagine that if Bolton are interested in, interested in him, then he's going to be bound to be pretty cheap, isn't he, Tom? Yeah. And also one thing you've you've got to say. I mean, I've I've been um, I've not been Lennon's uh, biggest fan since day one. I wouldn't say I'm a, I'm a critic, but I'm I'm sceptical, shall we say, so far um, of of what we've achieved under him. But one thing I definitely will put to his credit is he's going out and doing his own scouting. Um, and I think, you know, we'll all agree that scouting in the last three, well, probably two managers. I mean, under Megson, we had some, some decent players coming in, although they were paid three times as much a week as they should have been. Um, mm. But that's for another podcast, I think. Um, but with, with 
with Coyle and with Friedman, the, the players coming in didn't really seem to be strengthening the squad. But, you know, he's, he's gone out. He says he's gone to Norway twice. He's been out to France twice. And at least he's going out and looking at these players himself. And he's having a look himself. So, you know what? Yeah, he's, he's an unknown. But why not? Let's get him in there. And, and if, he, if it's feasible financially, why not? Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I, I'm not going to let you escape by saying that you, you've been a bit of a, a critic of Lenin so far without elaborating on that a little bit. I know it's off topic, but that's an interesting comment to make. Would you care to uh, to explain yourself, young man? Yeah, I just... <laughs> yeah, I, I worried I was getting myself into, uh, into a bit of a <laughs> hole there. Um, I had the impression when he came that he was this, this angry man um, that was going to fall out with everyone. And then the, the first away game at Birmingham, I thought I'd been proven right when he was sent off in his first game. I thought, well, here, here we go. Um, a bit. The, the, the problem with me is, is I'm a bit of a sucker for a sweet talker and I've been bitten twice with Coyle and Friedman who seem to know how to gloss over the, the cracks and, and, and say what, what sounded good uh, without anything really being fixed. I think, yeah, Lennon's had some, some injuries to deal with, absolutely, but I, I do think that five league places since October wasn't what we were expecting. I think even though we were in the, the bottom bottom three, bottom four, in and around that area. I do think that a lot of Bolton fans were thinking, get a couple of wins together yeah. and we'll finish in the top, in the top half. And I, it's probably injuries that have, that have played the part there. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a critic. I just, I just definitely think that the jury's out. Um, it is early going days. In, going into, yeah. into next season. Yeah. It is, it is early days and, and, and he is still dealing with the, with the dross that Freeman left behind. But that's interesting. Uh, thanks for elaborating on that. Um, we'll move on now. I'll come to you first, Dan. But uh, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday night. There was um, a tweet from a, a football league journalist that, that we picked up on about Darren Prattley undergoing a medical and, and potentially signing for Ipswich. Um, did that news take you by surprise, Dan? Were you unhappy to hear that? And uh, what was your general reaction? Well, surprise. Uh, it was. It wasn't as much surprise. Just a little, like a little stab in the heart. It's like, oh, like of all the players who we couldn't like. It's just. If we lose Patley on a free and we can't sign him on, it's just a very depressing sight in general, Nick. Mm. A player of Darren Patley's statues and we can't even con- uh, convince him to stay. But in the same breath, I actually wrote, I said last week, I've said on the last couple of ch- times, and I've wrote an article now to put my thoughts into ri- writing about how I don't think losing Patley would be the end of the world. And, you know, I think he's ageing, high earner, not the most technically gifted player, and his form is less inconsistent. In 40 odd months here, he's had um, a total of good. Si- a- a total of six months playing well in total. So that's generous. That's generous. I, I think, think he had two good three month spells. He had this season when Lennon came in up to his injury, and then in Friedman's first season, he was played really well on the left side of the diamond. You know, like when he scored against Hull City yeah, and that yeah. type of thing. So I, so I'll give him six months, even if I am give, being a little bit generous. So I don't think it would be that much of a miss, and I do think he'd be replaceable. But I just think it would be a. I don't know if we can afford to replace him. And B. It puts another monkey wrench into Lennon's plans because you imagine that's a player he's had put a banking on to stay and build, you know, building his team around him a bit, being that hard-working, strong, powerful midfielder. Definitely, and uh, and Tom, same question to you. When the Prattley news broke, did you did you spot it? Were you, were you up that late on a weeknight, or were you were you just well, were you just surprised to hear it? How did you feel? Yeah, do you know what? It was um, more than it should. I felt a bit um, ashamed in the morning that I'd allowed it to keep me up at night. I thought. Darren Prattley's has, has given me a sleepless <laughs> night here. Um, I, I, I feel sorry for Prattley. Um, I really do feel for him. I mean, the amount of times I've seen him, or you know, we'll have all seen him played out of position, is 
is unreal. I mean, I don't think he fit into Coyle's four four two with wingers. Um, and also, I mean, he's coming on for maybe Moamba or Holden and sometimes playing out on the left. Friedman had this obsession with playing him out on the wing. Um, and I just think he was he was a victim there because he's a bit of an athlete and he's got legs. And Friedman thought, this lad can run, let's stick him out on the wing. Um, I think the only time he's, seen, he's, he's fit into the system is, is when Lennon came in. And you've got to think that in terms of the driving force in that early run, um, under Lennon wasn't wasn't so much Clough because Clough hadn't emerged at the beginning of that. I think it was Prattley coming th- through the midfield and yeah. he scored some very really yeah. important goals. I think Huddersfield away um, the first now he's brilliant. Um, it's, I think it's the best I've seen from him. Um, so yeah, I will defend Prattley a little bit. Uh, I do get what you're saying, Dan. About you know we've seen yeah. six months maximum from, but I, I do think he's put, been played out of position um, I... under under Coyle and Friedman. Yeah, I agree. And I really yeah, do. I, think, I do I think, hope he stays. Sorry, Chris. I do hope he stays. I'm not denying that. But I just think of all the players we could lose this summer, he's the one I'm not going to lose too much sleep over personally because I think he is more replaceable. Even within our squad at the minute, he's replaceable. If Liam Trotter could ever get his act together, fucking cross your fingers and your toes and all that, then there's a replacement there already. But as you say, and mm. as you say, Prattley was very good when Lennon came in and was one of the one of our better players, scoring some really good and some really important goals. So it's an interesting one to keep an eye on, definitely. I agree with you both. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm torn between. Well, I'm also torn between the two because I do, I do understand the value of saying that I'm not. You know, we're not really that bothered because what are we really losing? What have we really seen from him? But at the same time, it, it's, it's one of those ones where his flurries of form hint at a better play behind the scenes, and you wonder whether it is manager yeah. or whether it is the position he's played in, and whether the fact that the, the sort of success he found under Lennon could have been continued to the rest of last season. And then into next season, in which case you're adding another six months, probably or three or four months, maybe on top of that period of good form before you start writing him off. So it's a shame uh, if it comes true. I mean, there's been no official word as yet and, and from either side, but we'll you know we'll watch the pages of the uh, the Bolton News website with interest and we'll see what happens there. I think the one, um, the final one. Can I say one? Sorry, more? yeah, go on. I think the one, I think the one thing that could benefit us with him rumored going to Ipswich is they don't have much money either, so I doubt they'd be able to. Play more than us, really. Unless he wants to play, go, you know, try somewhere new, go somewhere new. Which you know, why would you really want to go to Ipswich? Let's be honest. Mm. I think he'd be. I think he'd suit make McCarthy team extremely well. But I don't think he's gonna get more, much more money there than he is here. So that might prove us in good stead, as you were saying. Yeah, well, it's, who, who knows whether Will Andrews only offering him a twelve-month contract, and they might be offering him a bit more. I mean, he's he's wrong side of thirty now, I think, isn't he, Prattley? So he's probably got one yeah. eye on his uh, his next move. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, right, but back on to, uh, to closing this segment out with the final topic, which is the goalkeeping situation. Still no news. Um, nothing really developed on Bogdan with Liverpool, or Bolton for that matter. Um, and then nothing about incomings. No contract talks with Yossi, no rumours of Ben Amos being spotted up at Nando's at the Middlebrook. <laughs> um, Dan, first one for you. Goalkeepers, how do you judge the situation and, and what do you think we should do? Um, as I've said numerous times, I I think if Liverpool were the team that came in for Bogdan, you couldn't begrudge him a move there. Even though I'd, I'd hope he'd have more about him, you know, because you, you'd think he's just going to be back up. Even though I'd have him over Mignolet personally, I think he's more reliable. He's probably going to be back up, so you'd think he'd, you'd hope he'd have more about him than to go somewhere and be back up. But in the same breath, as a professional, he has to back himself and believe that he can be their number one. If he signs there, he has to. He's got to go in backing himself to claim their number one shirt so you, you could never be a good gym and move no. to such a big club at all 
like I said, if, I think it would be a, a minor miracle if he did stay now. And as you say, um, if he does go, the obvious the obvious replacement is Amos, and and then again you'll see us cover or some other keepers that have been released recently. Darren Randolph signed for West Ham in what was the most uh, pointless signing the world has ever seen because he would have been a decent replacement as well, actually. But alas, well, I, I was I was looking at his uh, his Wikipedia page of the night, and I was doing a bit of browsing for for an article coming up, and I noticed his. His last three clubs he's been at, he's let his contract run down before moving on for a lucrative uh, Bosman fee, going in his own back, his own back pocket. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you completely. Now I, I do disagree on, on one point though, which is the whether you back yourself to go to another club and play. If you're going to get offered more money to go to go work somewhere else, and you know you can sit on your ass most of the week, I think that sounds like a pretty sweet deal to me. Um, maybe yeah, that speaks, sh- a bit more, speaks a bit more to my work ethic than anything else. Yeah, Sean, um, Sean Wright Phillips has made a career out of that as well, hasn't he? Well, so you know, there you go. Not all, not all footballers want first team football. There you go. Uh, and whilst you're on the, whilst you're on the subject of uh, of free agents, Tom, how, how do you foresee the uh, the goalkeeping situation coming at Wonders? Who, who do you think will be in between the sticks in August? I think. We'd, with regards to Bogdan, the, the, the longer there's no no news, the the more we should be expecting bad news. I think if he was signing, it'd have been done because you know Lennon came out very clearly and he said I've, I've offered contracts to these four players. Um, and the longer it goes on, particularly with Bogdan, the, I think the more likely it's going to be bad news. So I don't expect Bogdan to to be at the club next year. And like you said, Dan, don't begrudge him whatsoever. I think Mignolet um, has shown that he. He can have some spells of really bad form, and you know I think, like you said, Dan, all Bogdan needs is a chance, and I think he'll he'll prove a better understudy than than Brad Jones has at Liverpool. Um, like I said, I've lived I've lived in Liverpool for a few years in the past, and um, Brad Jones isn't isn't particularly well regarded um, as being a, a decent understudy. So I don't begrudge him a move whatsoever, um, and I can't see beyond Amos. No, um, I'd like to think that. You know, it's it's in the pipeline, and it. Um, I flirted with the idea of Federici, and then before I'd even decided whether he was good enough, he'd signed for Bournemouth this week. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just just it's got to be Amos, hasn't it? We've got to go for Amos, I think. Yeah, I think we all agree on that point. I mean, there's been no news, like you say, no news in this case isn't necessarily good news, is it? Because it's been a long time since Lennon put the ball back in the players' court by making it public that he'd offered them contracts in a bit of a bit of a psychological play, I think, to try and. Trying to entice them to sign it up. I mean, I don't think we've signed any of them up, have we? I mean, Heskey's rumoured to have had to sign his twelve-month extension, but he's the only one that would be stupid not to sign it, really. Um, but no, I think you made some valid points there, Tom and uh, and Dan as well. So we'll we'll not call that time on on the first segment. We'll go away and have a short break for a minute or two, and then we'll be back with the second segment when we will discuss uh, Bolton next season. Cheers. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Uh, segment two of Love Pod. Um, tonight I'm joined by Dan. Hello there, Chris. How hello, are Dan. Hello, hello. And uh, our special guest, Tom. Tom, who joins us from the internet. Hello, Tom. Hello again. Hello, internet. <laughs> There's nobody there. That just, that just sounds weird. Um, <laughs> segment two is a... Well, in, in the agenda that we, we shared with one another tonight is, is a rather vague statement. What represents success for Bolton Wanderers next season? Now, I'm going to let you a bit of a monologue. You can say whatever you want for as long as you want. Just uh, hand over to the other lad when you finish, and I'll bring it all to a close myself. But, uh, Dan, we'll start with you. What, what, in your opinion, and you have to justify it, you can't just say winning the Champions League or something like that. Okay. What represents success for Bolton next season as far as you're concerned? I think any sort of an improvement would be a success in its own right, really, with the financial situation we currently find ourselves in. But, um... 
I think, realistically, I think playoffs is probably going to be a push too far, really. However, um, Q- you'd expect QPR and maybe Hull. I can see both of them falling away a bit, really. They're both, you'd imagine, going to be in some type of financial disarray. Three very good teams have left the league, and you know, two, the two coming down from the two coming down from the Premier a bit probably could fall away. And Burnley, I, I do think Burnley will be okay, especially if they keep Dash, but. You know, they're obviously losing things, and if they don't even reinvest in replacing a striker, then they, especially since Ashley Barnes is meant to have suffered a really bad injury, they could um, be suffering. I think the team's coming up, unknown quantities to me, really. Like, Bristol City absolutely smashed League One, but when teams do that, they usually don't adapt well to the next league. And MK Dons are pressed, and obviously pretty much all known quantities to me, don't really know how they'll do in the next league. So I think I think the I think the championship isn't as good this next year as it was last year in terms of quality teams really. So I think there is definitely scope that to get more points on the board, which is what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way. I think as I said I was gonna say but even though I think playoffs are still quite unrealistic. I think if we just get a top half finish, play some exciting football and get people back into the stadium, get people talking about Bolton Wanderers again, get fans excited to watch the team, just fill the stadium up and get make memories again, because it's just been so boring the last three years, like, there's been, season's yeah. been over by bloody October, because we've started so poorly, and there's just been no impetus to actually go, it's just been a dreary, soul-sapping experience, really, I just think, just make it fun to go watch Bolton Wanderers again, and that'd be good enough for me, really, I'm not expecting too much. Oh. Fair dues, fair dues. Is that all you've got to say on the point before I hand to Tom? Well, I think points-wise, just, yeah, just top, get us top half, build, consolidate on what we have with our young players, get some good experience in, if we can, with what money we have. Get the, get the youngsters even more accustomed to the side, get them finals and hopefully keep them. If Clough has a really good season, then God knows which vultures will be circling round. Just playoffs, I'd obviously be astounded, but I'm not, I wouldn't be too disappointed if we didn't. Didn't if we did miss out, just get get to half. I'd be happy with that. Just show a, a significant improvement, and I'll be happy. Really, fair enough. Fair enough. Nice to put. Nice to put. Yeah, Tom, pick the bones out of that. What, 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 as far as you're concerned, what what, project, what will success be like, uh, and how will it be achieved at Bolton next season? Well, I think I, what I was going to say was very similar to what to what Dan's just said. I think um, midweek practically going. Listening to too much Smiths and and Coldplay had me thinking that relegation was a real possibility, and I, and I still think that if 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 we have a bad summer, it, it could well be another one of those seasons. Um, it's it's I feel like I'm saying this every year, but this is a huge summer, and this is probably the the most important summer we've had, and I'm really looking forward to getting some getting rid of some of the dross um, that's got the the Dougie Friedman trademark stamped on its forehead. Um, we need to get rid of get rid of that deadwood, and there's a lot of it. Um, and let's let's see what Lennon can do. See the, the sort of players he can bring in. Look, this league's so tight that you know midweek I'm thinking that relegation's a possibility. And then today you hear the rumours about Gary Hooper. You start to get a bit giddy, and I'm thinking, yeah, top half, top half's doable. I think this league is so tight, um, which is what makes it such a good league. But the league's so tight that it is those those little things that you know Zach Clough coming out of nowhere and scoring six goals in ten games or uh, your star striker getting injured something like that can make a huge impact there'll always be one or two at the t- at the top running away and and one or two at the bottom um and then there's just this huge group in the middle success ultimately is 
going to be, as Dan said, improving on last season um, and not getting involved in a dogfight. And we just about managed to avoid it this year. Um, and it was that, that brief improvement in form, that, that 15 games where we looked like a, a proper team again. Um, and if we can get that over a full season, then there's nothing to say that we can't push up towards the playoffs. It might be one step too far next season. Um, but we can certainly get in and amongst it um, into the top half. But it just depends on, on who we can bring in. Um, and like Dan said, you know, Zach Clough comes back in the team, has a great six months, and then if he goes to a Premier League team, that's another thing we'll have to deal with, won't it? Um, I think Vela and Clough are going to interest a lot of clubs next season. Um, and keeping hold of them is going to be quite important. So I'm going to reserve judgment. For now, I'm going to say a, a solid, boring, middle-pack finish. Um, but it, like I said, it depends a lot on, on who comes in. Fair enough. All, all very sensible points, David. I'm going to give a bit of a cheats answer. I'm going to say that I, I want to see my success is going to be the first 10 games. If we win half of our first 10 games and not be chasing these stupid records every season where we're not winning for a dozen, we're not winning for four, 13, 14 games, and, and then hamstringing ourselves for the rest of the season because we've got nowhere to go because we've started off so poorly. And so I think that a solid season next year is going to be, as far as you both said, improvement on uh, on what's just happened this time out. I don't think you could really struggle to uh, to beat that a terrible a terrible season we just passed. But to start the season well and to hope that we can then use that as a springboard going forward, I think it's going to involve a lot of overhaul and upheaval. I mean, I'm really surprised, to be honest with you. I mean, what... How far are we since the season finished? Now is it two weeks, three weeks, something like that? Maybe a bit more. Yeah. And we've seen a lot of players depart, but we haven't seen a single person arrive, to my knowledge. I mean, we've had whispers of Gary Medine and, and Emil Heskey re-signing and so on, but, you know, there's been nothing. There's been absolutely nothing. And, and I, I respect the manager wanting to maybe take his time and make sure he gets the right plays, because I do think that previously we've been guilty of a bit of knee-jerkism, especially with... Um, with Dougie, you know, how many times we'd turn up on a Saturday and find that in the in the middle of the week we'd loan somebody back, you know, that Chris Heard, I just don't even I didn't even notice that we signed him until we turned up at the game one day and he were playing right back and then that were it. Never saw him again after that. So I, I think taking your time is probably not a bad idea. Um, learning from the mistakes of previous managers and making sure we're not signing any any crocs, any duds, because we're going to be investing important money in these plays and we need to make sure they're going to be available for more than more than a dozen games or so a season, which, which would make a real difference. Do you think, um, Tom, I'll come to you first on this one, do you think that there, there's a chance that there's a way back for people like um, Liam Trotter under Lennon, or do you think that his card's marked and he'll be one of the ones that he was talking about with not being really up to it at this level? I think he's... Uh, I, I mean, I, I know you talked about this on a, on a previous podcast, and I know Gary Parker and, and Johan Mialbi have come out and said it as well, but they obviously, they obviously have... Um, picked out who who they want to go and who doesn't have a future. Um, with Trotter, I think Lennon seems to like the the big combative combative midfielders that can get the get the foot in and get get the get around the park. So I think there might be a way way in for Liam Trotter. Um, I don't think he'd fit into a midfield three whatsoever. I think he needs no. the more the more people in the middle for for Trotter to hide in, the better. Um, so I don't. I, I think Trotter might get the chance, but I mean, there's, there's plenty. Like, I mean, Giles Colk, for example, comes in, he gets his chance, has a five out of ten away at Blackburn, and and, and that's pretty much all you hear from him. So, there's there's bound to be a list of players that um that are there that, that Lennon and Parker and Mialbi have said no, they're not up to it. Um, the problem is, who's just going to want them? I mean, we've had this for 
yeah. three, four, five years now where we've had we've had this dead wood that just hasn't been shifted. I mean, poor old Zach Knight, who, you know, it, it seemed at one point like like um, Dougie in particular would have walked him to another club, and nobody seemed particularly interested in taking him on. I mean, the problem we're going to have is is finding people to take these players off our hands. Um, Liam Feeney, I, I, I really don't, I really can't see anyone that would would watch Liam Feeney play football and think, yeah, we'll, we'll have a go at him. Apart from Dougie Friedman, obviously, but um, I don't know how many, I don't know how many right wingers Forest have got, but if it's uh, any less than twelve, yeah, well, if, he, if if Dougie wants him, then then fair enough. But I don't think there's many. I think that's the problem you've got. You've said there, Chris, about the, the dross that we've got in, in parts of the squad. Um, and I, I just don't see anyone wanting them. I don't see anyone wanting to buy them. No, it's been a problem for a long time, hasn't it? That I mean, we're, we're we're sort of having to resort to people letting our contracts expire, and then be that's the only time we've really got to to jack them off. I mean, if you're telling me at the time that that we had Elmander, for example, that if we had somebody coming off with a couple of million quid, then we would have uh, we wouldn't have snatched their hand off. You know, it's just not 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 going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I think Trotter Trotter is one of them, isn't he? Where it, I remember putting him play for Millwall against Bolton, and he was he was like a kind of budget Patrick Vieira almost. You know, he could he was driving from the midfield. He was a goal threat as well. He was tough in the tackle. And then we signed someone who looked like he was petrified of the ball. I've never seen such a big lad um, who, who refuses to put his foot in. It's almost against his his physical makeup. I really don't understand it. Um, but no, great good great points there. And, and what we'll do is we'll move swiftly on to uh, what was to be segment three. Yeah, but in the light of that rather short discussion, we'll we'll crack straight on. So I guess it does lead on quite nicely, actually, from that topic. But was the news that broke about Wanderers being relegation favourites with Skybet? I'll confess it took me by surprise a little bit. But Dan, did it take you by surprise? And do you think there's any uh, any merit in it? And have you put any money on it? No, because a I'm not with <laughs> Skybet because I just refuse to be with a bookies that are linked with a news site. It just seems dirty to me. But let's not get into that. But um. <clears throat> I think it is a bit surprising, but I don't think it can't take much credence to it because, in the same breath, the others I think four to one to get playoffs. I think was that it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like they obviously have no idea what they're talking about. Really, just picking odds out their asses. But I think, I think second favourites is a little harsh. You'd have thought the three promoted teams, you know, Rotherham, Fulham, Reading, the likes, would be below us. So that was a bit disappointing to see that. But um, I don't care really. I don't. I touch wood. I can't see us going down. Hopefully, I, I, I just not on the London at least. No, I, I agree with you completely as well. And from my point of view, it was I thought it was a joke first of all. To be honest, you know them, yeah. uh, you know Paddy Power shit. I hate the word. Hate the word banter uh, posts. One of them stupid ones like that. And I, I, I say that as someone who's quite happy to post the most stupid stuff online in Vienna in order to get people to visit the website. Um, but Tom, um, when you spotted the story, did you give it much credence and? and you know, with a bit of afterthought, do you still think it's worth anything? Well, a friend of mine uh, texted me the, the odds uh, and the teams around us, and that's the first I heard of it. And at the time, I looked and I thought, do you know what? The, the way we've played the last the last couple of seasons, you can see why they've they've put us pretty short odds. There'll be a few yeah. uh, there'll be a few neutrals out there looking and thinking that that's good money and put a couple of, couple of quid on it at the start of the season. But it's it's far too early to tell. I mean, if I was Charlton, I'd be disappointed. I think uh, under under Guy Lose on Charlton have been really good. They came yeah. to our place, came to our place, and they played some really decent stuff. And they're the, they're the same odds as us. I think they're just they, you can't read too much into the odds at the minute. I think um, it did take me by surprise a little bit. Um, 
but there's going to be people that, that take that. I think at seven to two, I think there's quite a few neutrals that'll have a couple of quid on that. But you can't really read too much into it now, can you? Not at this point. No, definitely not. And I think looking at the other teams, like you say, around us in the odds chart, they do appear like they just put the numbers out of their arse a little bit. I mean, I agree with you. I thought that Luzon when he came in, obviously they made quite a few signings from Liège, and they did they improve massively. And I don't know whether that was a direct result of signing Chris Eagles and Tal Ben Haim or not. Um, but it was, it was surprising to see them down there. Now, um, Dan, just flip it back to you. Who do you think will struggle in the, in the championship next season? You can say say Bolton if you think it by all means. Yeah, I on before I get into that, I agree. With you. I had no idea Cheltenham was so low and the um, so high odds to go down. But yeah, they they were really good last year. Sir Sir Berg Goodmanson, where his name is, he's a very good player. And I, and yeah, I go on to that That's game. Gucenich right. yeah. and. The, um, who's the midfielder who scored against us? Can't remember his name, but they're all very good players. I, I, I'm glad to expect Charlton to push for playoffs more than finger and then relegation next season. But um, teams all struggle. I agree, Dom. Yeah, I agree, Dom. Absolutely. Yeah. I think Rotherham are probably a bet to go finish bottom. They did really well to stay up, even with the point deduction. But after having losing for definite, the captain obviously Craig Morgan and. Ben Pringle you'd, and Becchio's leaving them, I think, as well. I know I didn't play much for them, but it's still a name, in it? Um, I'd imagine they'll probably be the team that finishes bottom. If Bolton don't start well, we will struggle, but uh, under Lennon, you'd hope that we will. He's talking a good game so far, so. but where have we heard that before? I think QPR coming down, with the fa- they're already signing, they're signing some good players, to be fair to them. I think they're signing basically all the good players that made Swindon turn good last year. So they, they, they are... Um, making some good moves, but I do feel like they'll struggle. I feel Fulham if they keep if they keep Kit Simmons, I feel they'll go down. Um, Reading as well, they're another team that could plummet if they don't make some good investments and get a better manager than Steve Clark. Um, who else to say? Maybe the promoted teams. You never know. Bristol City, I could see struggling as well. I don't really know what will be happening with MK Dons and Preston. Although I can see yeah. MK, I can see MK doing a bit of a. Brentford, to be honest with you, they've got money and a good manager. So yeah, I can't really think of too many, too many, too much else to be honest with you. I quite, fan, I quite fancy, uh, I quite fancy Leeds to do. To, uh, oh yeah, yeah, Leeds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Tom, what about yourself? Any names strand there stand out for you as being unlikely to uh, to stay in the championship for the following season? Well, when when Dan, Dan, when you started talking about Rotherham, I just you know I think about the stick that Phil Brown got for singing on the pitch, and I'm just imagining already the the amount of attention Steve Evans is going to get if, if Rotherham do uh-huh. go down next season after his shambolic behaviour at the end of the season. Um, so, yeah, as well as thinking Rotherham would like to go down, um, sorry, as well as thinking they'll go down, I, I think I'd like them to go down as well because I think the manager's a clown. Um, Leeds depends on, on who they bring in. It depends on, you know, they, they seem to be changing manager every two, way, three months. Way Rosler, isn't it? Yeah, it well, is, it, depends uh... how, it depends how long he's there, though, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Probably not two minutes with Leeds, isn't it? No, well, that's right. I mean, there's no, there's no continuity there whatsoever, is there? And it, it'd be nice if you know if Preston were to come up. I don't necessarily want to see them to go down, especially if uh, Super Kev stays. But as long as we spank a moment away, then, then I don't really care where Preston finish. Um, but there's, there's that many in and around. I mean, last season I think you knew Blackpool were going to be bottom by a long way. Possibly it might be Rotherham that are the team to do that this year. But I can't really pick out a, a, a relegation battle yet. I think it's this. There's too too soon. There's too many transfers to be made before we can we can sort that out. 
Yeah, well, it begs the question why they think it's appropriate to post relegation odds at this time of the season when there's so much to do for I mean, from, from our point of view, I've, I've scheduled two or three articles for the next week, which takes a bit of a look at the, um, the teams that are going to be joining the championship next season in Bristol City, Reading and, and at MK Dons and Preston. And it's difficult to even post a little bit of a, like a get-to-know-the-new-guys kind of thing because everything changes so dramatically in the space of a couple of weeks that all the articles generally become a little bit redundant. So I, I, I'm going to post them with a, the, the caveat that I might update them as far as things go. But I think it's interesting to have a couple of new teams up in the league. And, and, and like Dan said in his first bit, I think the chance is there for us to, uh, to thrive if we, we recruit well and if we start well as well. So no pressure, Lennon at all. Um, but no, that, that's great. That's what we'll do is we'll just take a little moment or two's break while I have a sip of my beer and then we'll come back with a brand new segment courtesy of one Daniel Murphy and uh, we'll be back after this short break. Cheers. Okay, we're back once again with Deal Behaviour for the fourth segment of uh, Love Pod 13. It was meant to be the fourth. I think it might be the third because we combined two and three. Um, but I'm still joined by Tom and I'm joined by Dan. And right, this is going to be a complete experiment. We don't know how it's going to pan out, uh, but the pressure is all on Mr. Daniel Murphy, who is going to introduce our brand new interactive mid-pod game that you can all play along with at home. So, Dan, tell us all about it, how it's going to work, and promise us it's not going to go wrong. Yeah, well, basically, it's the very original game. We've not stolen it from any other popular football podcast you may have heard in the past. It's called Guess Who. I know, very original. So, basically... Wow. I'm going to read out five clues which will allude to the identity of a Bolton Wanderers player from the past or the future. or the, Well, not the future because we don't know it, <laughs> but the present maybe. And then at any point, the other two players of the game, Chris and Tom, can shout stop and um, apply their guess to who it may be. And obviously the winner gets whoever gets it first, but they've only got three guesses. So they have to be a bit careful. They can't go guns blazing or they'll be out. And um, yeah, said so since basically where this game is deriving from is we don't know how much there will be to talk about in the future when we're driving on with the podcast during the summer. We don't know how much there'll be talk about. So I've been trying to come up with some ideas to fill some airtime, shall we say? So we'll give this one a try and see if it works. So are we ready, boys? Absolutely. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> Your first clue. Who am I? I'm Beanie. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll, that, that doesn't count. I remember. Say stop. You've got you still okay. got your three you still got your three guesses, I'll give you that. Very decent of you. Fair I'll enough. give you that one for the laugh. I was born June sixteenth, nineteen seventy two. Stop. Go on. <laughs> no. <laughs> and this is going very similar to another podcast. And how they did it <laughs> already. It's good, I'm liking it. Second clue. My first name is a type of weapon. Don't make Go me off. say it. I'm, pr- I'm proud of that one. Okay, that's a good one. That's a good one. Fair enough. I started my career with Holsterbrough BK. Okay. Oh, okay. no, no, no guesses? No, nope. nope, not yet. When I moved to my second club, I only signed on part-time basis so I could continue my education. Stop. Go on. Gordon Bergson. Incorrect. Oh. Right. Oh, okay. Next, I moved to Bolton Wanderers in the winter of 1999, and despite being a striker, I failed to score a single goal that Stop. season. Stop! Stop! Who was that first? I think it might have been Chris. I think it was as well. Go on, Chris. 
Is it the one and only Bo Hansen? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> do you like do you like my clue? His name is. That a was Bo. really good. That was really good. I, I thought it was, it was like Jay Spearing or something. Oh, that you no. want to try and link it back to him? No, but was, no, that was good. Do you get it? His first name. Right, we'll go through the clues. I was born sixteenth June sixteenth, nineteen seventy-two. Obviously, my first name is a type of weapon. A bow. So, yeah, yeah I, for, I, for, I forgot that for the Goodney Bergson. Yeah. <laughs> hold my hands you know, up to that. I thought you were being funny because a number of people that used to piss me off, you call him Gundy Bergson. I thought that's what you were going to be, uh, that's, what you were, that's what you were riffing on a little bit. Maybe I'm giving you too much credit there, Tom, I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I start, yeah, he started his career with Holsterbrook BK, scored quite a few goals for them. And then his second club he moved to was uh, Bromby. And um, he quit his education to join Holsterbrook, but then only signed part-time with Bromby to, uh, um, so he could continue it. And then he obviously moved to Bolton United. I never saw him play, and so maybe you can shed some light on how he did play. I obviously, he didn't score in his first season. Was he good he at all? He was rubbish. He was rubbish. He scored a good goal against Grimsby, and then he went in net for a bit as well against somebody. I can't remember who it was. Yeah. But he was, he was yeah. about five foot six, so he was a bit of a strange choice to go in there. Yeah, and all you need to know about Bohanson is he had magic football boots. He did. Uh, he had, I'd never seen coloured football boots before he had yeah. They had like a gold a gold tinge to him on the on the top of the lace, didn't they? That's uh, right. And was it was it Michael Ricketts who put his boots on? Because he wasn't Bo Hansen on a bit of scoring run. And and was That's it Ricketts right. who put them on? Put them yeah, on. Yeah, he to, said to, didn't he that, that because he had his one his one and his only goal scoring run. I think he only probably scored about a dozen goals was in a few seasons and he did. He was they were having a bit of a joke about it, weren't they? When then Ricketts said that he'd give it a try to try and break his own uh, his own poor yeah. scoring one. The only thing I ever remember about Bo Hansen, and I don't know if it's but you know, I say that. It clearly is absolute bollocks. But do you remember a song called King of My Castle by the Wamdu Project? I do, yeah. Yeah, well, someone once told me that Bo Hansen was the um, audio technician for the Wamdu Project <laughs> on the King of the Castle uh, single release. And I don't know why, because it's clearly the most stupid thing I've ever heard in my life, but I took it as gospel for about 10 years that that was the fact. I always used to tell people when we were meeting up, talk about Bolton, that did you know we had a player who uh, who was part of the Wamdu project? Well, that wasn't on his Wikipedia page. Where I said no, oh, that'd have been a good yeah. clue. Well, he wouldn't have been because you'd have got it. But um, the final yeah. clue was which he didn't reach, which was a good start. I had to retire from the game in two thousand and four due to osteophoritis in my knees. All and right. Well, I had some uh, backup clues in case you couldn't get it. Yeah, he played ninety six times and scored fifteen goals for Bolton, according to Wikipedia. And then he he got one national cap for Denmark. Right. So, yeah. I've got one off the top of my head. Do you want to have a game, Dan? Yeah, why not? Go for it. Okay, let me just get me just get my thoughts in gear. So we'll we'll start off um, by discussing the the date of birth of this guy. Now I don't know it off the top of my head, so I'm going to supplement my quote by just doing a little tiny quick bit of Wikipedia. Right, I started my career in the lower leagues of English football. Okay, so that's quite an easy one. Uh... My surname is double barrelled, but you may not realise that. I was born in Hammersmith in January 1987, and I've played over 100 games for Bournemouth. Who am I? It's not Liam Feeney, is it? Of course it's not <laughs> fucking Liam Feeney. Of course it is. <laughs> Who's his name for, Harold? Uh, apparently, Liam Feeney Howard. They are. Who knew that? Who knew? <laughs> you learn something new every day. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, but that was a good one, that. I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll look into bringing that back as a recurring segment, especially as my, uh, my fears are only lasting about a minute and a half. We was all guessing at the very, very first clue. We're, we're unfounded. So well done, Dan. That can, be, that can be your baby going forward, that one. Sweet, yes. Thank you. 
Brilliant. That's quite well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll uh, we'll dive straight into the Twitter question, which will bring the podcast to a close for this week because we're uh, I think we're just about oh, about an hour or so in. Um, so the Twitter question that we posed to everybody, and we'll ask you both your your thoughts and opinions on this in a minute or two. Um, was if you had to choose an entry song um, as the players arrive onto the pitch before the game for next season, uh, what would you go for? Now we had some fantastic responses. Now, if we started to go through all the wrestling ones, we'd probably be here till about four o'clock in the morning because there were some absolutely brilliant wrestling ones, which will which will make sense to you know for about ten percent of the listeners, or, or maybe more, maybe more, maybe there's more of us. Um, but yeah, congratulations and thanks to everyone who dropped in a wrestling reference there because you made this. 32-year-old wrestling fan. Very happy indeed. Right, so Alex BWFC uh, at WanderAlex43 said, we should get uh, backing music to chants such as we are the only one and we are the one and only Wanderers. Hopefully that will encourage fans to chant more. I think that's fair enough. We can see that moving on. Uh, Mr. Sparkle, Darwin Dashes, and the obvious choice. <laughs> I know it's the obvious choice, but for me it's got to be Ramstein, Mind Tile, well, there you go. If you've ever met me in the flesh, you'd know that I ain't got a goddamn clue what that sounds like. Because little boy who stays inside playing computer games all the time. But yeah, Ramstein, and I've got a good a good idea about a good idea of how that sounds. But can you shed any light on that, either of you? Well, I, funnily enough, Chris, when I saw that tweet and I, and I followed the link, um, I do think that we'd have to re-sign Stig Tofton if we wanted that as our entrance <laughs> music. He'd have, we'd have to sign him. Uh, they could all come out on motorbikes or something to play. Yeah. Them. Yeah, no, it was it was it was enough to get get you going for it. But like I said, we'd need um we'd need Stig Tofton as captain for that. Ah, uh, he's here. Brilliant, brilliant. Oh, the official love dog made an appearance. He didn't. He didn't. He did show up last week, so it's good to have him back. I know that, that's good. That's good. Um, right, Lee Cohen at Leanne underscore Cohen. Uh, this is one of my favourites. Rick Astley, never gonna give you up. Well, not only is it an all time eighties classic, if you actually dissect the lyrics. Uh, you know, we've known each other for so long, yeah? Your heart's been breaking, but you're too shy to say. Well, that's true. Yeah. Like, we both know what's been going on. We know the game and we're going to play. <laughs> well, they don't. You know, <laughs> if but they don't. <laughs> exactly. Never going to give you up. That's true. Yeah, Never going to just... let you down. <laughs> well, that's true from one perspective. It's not true from the player's perspective. Run around and desert you. Not going to happen. Make you cry. Say goodbye. We'll tell a lie and hurt you. Oh, that's God. really good, that one. I do like that one. Uh, Mark Weaver at Disco Weave, Faithless, Insomnia, excellent tune plus good banter. I hate saying that word, that B word, but Insomnia is an excellent tune. Uh, Connor Davidson at ConCon D98, Hi Ho Silver Lining or 633 Squadron uh, with the old announcer back, of course. Um, right, good point. Now, yeah, with, regards good. To the, with regards to the old announcer, we might have a little uh, surprise for you in the next week's podcast if a couple of plans come together on that front, but we'll see. Now, Gazlo has well, yeah, brought back some wonderful memories for me. Oh, sorry, go on. Sorry, sorry take me so say, Yeah, rubbish anecdote is um, the old the old announcer, um, Colin McGreevy, um, met at a beer festival. And funnily enough, I'm sure I think it's on next week's pod. I asked him for his all time Bolt Wanderers eleven, and it was it was brilliant. And he signed off the conversation with, anyway, remember lads, this is only the beginning. And uh, oh, that's good. Pick, that's picked good. his pint. Picked his pint up off the table and off he walked into the sunset or oh, the beer tent. But um, oh, it was brilliant. Sorry, I just had to get that rubbish anecdote in there. Oh, that's a, that's a really good anecdote. We've been speaking to him a little bit lately about uh, just something to do with the podcast, and, and I'll certainly be asking him to uh, to elaborate on that because that's a great story. Can you can you tell us who was in his all time best Bolton eleven? Any surprises? I, be, I think Stelios made it in. I remember being surprised at Stelios. Interesting. Um, yeah, I think I've moved on to the darker darker ales by then, so uh, it's a bit easy. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, Stelios made it in there, and Kevin Nolan was his captain. Really? Really? Oh, well, the man's got a good taste anyway. Back onto the topic, we've got Gazlow at Gazlow84. Uh, I presume 84 is a reference to the year of his birth, so me and him are similar ages, so we've got, probably got the same sort of, uh, of memories of this. But Robert Miles' Children, we used to play that at Burnden Park, that was an absolutely great tune, some fantastic memories uh, linked to that song as well. Enter Sandman by Metallica, or On This Day by Alterbridge, so he's gone for a little bit of a harder feel to it, but still a good one. Another vote for Enter Sandman, uh, from Gary Ramage at Siderman 10. It's used in American college football, uh, so I've seen a few YouTube videos of that, and it does get an atmosphere going most definitely. Uh, Supera Morass, at X-J-E-D-R-X, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that. Embrace, Ashes, that's another good one as well, in the connotations of the lyrics making sense in the Bolton Wanderers, uh, Bolton Wanderers context most definitely. Uh, <laughs> Welly, whose Twitter name is Welly Welly Welly. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Six, three, three squadron, without a doubt. And before that, the boys are back in town for an old school Burnden Park feel. Seems to be a bit of a common theme there, doesn't it? Yeah. About trying to improve the atmosphere with that. I think that's that's got a bit of mileage in it, Dan. What do you reckon? Well, I was just to say, what is six three three squadron? Because I can't, I don't know what it is. You have to sing it for me. So I can't remember. Well, that's the da, 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 da. you know this is only the beginning. Oh yeah, right. da, 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 da. that one. Yeah, yeah something oh, like that, but yeah. a little bit more uh, tuneful than well, you. Yeah, I, yeah, come on, I know. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I've, not, I've not got a good rhythm. That's why I don't sing. Stuart at Stu underscore D68. What about the old song played at Burnden in the 70s? A bit crappy, but it was our song. Well, I have no idea what you're talking about there, Stuart. But that's not a bad effort anyway. Uh, DMCJ at Doug Chappin Jr. Unstoppable, Foxy, Shazam. It's rocking, short and fun to sing along to. Plus, unadvisedly boastful like any good hype song. Hmm. I don't know that one, I'll have to check it out. Uh, Janet Marland, uh, Janet Marland, my world is a football, here we go again, and the Wanderer, just like the 70s, alternatively, how about things can only get better? Well, we've got Ream in there, so, you know, we'll have a bit of D-Ream. Uh, Matthew Pryor's one with a couple of wrestling songs, I'm not going to read them out just because it's got Dean Ambrose and I don't like Dean Ambrose. Uh, Sammy BG at SBG2592, Thunderstruck, ACDC, uh, and then we've got Russell Carr, Russ Carr 3 with the fantastic Elbow, Grounds for Divorce. I think that's uh, that's a pretty good one to end on. Um, Tom, well, have you got any suggestions? Any any songs that you'd like to see the players come out to before a game? Well, I was watching. Um, I don't know if you saw it. Watching Motherwell make mincemeat out of Rangers uh, today, and I thought the saw that fight really that that, that that fight yeah, that was, was good. Yeah, well, apparently the police are involved in that, aren't they? Anyway, I, I digress. Um, but I thought that that song from the terraces. I, I was watching Twist and Shout um, in the Motherwell end, and I just thought I, I just really wished that. Home or away, we could have that at the, and I hate saying it, but at the Macron. Um, but on the Beatles theme, I thought, Don't Let Me Down as they were walking out would be a good one. <laughs> um, or, and then on a more serious note, maybe I know he's a City fan, but What a Life, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. Mm. Um, I think I quite like the idea of having a song at the end of a game. So, I mean, you know, if, if we win, maybe your love's lifting me higher or something like that, something <laughs> to get us a. Uh, Celebrating at the end, but I don't think we'd get much mileage out of that. It'd be one out one out of every three or four home games that we'd be celebrating, maybe. But um, I, I like the six three. I like the six three three squadron. I like the. I, I like that. Well, that's an old school one, and the oldies are always the good ones, aren't they? What about you, Dan? Have uh, any preference, any choices? Well, I think we're going as popular belief here, but I really like the song that they've come out to already. I think it's like really epic, like pre, like fantasy pre-battle music and. It just it pumps me up. I don't care. I really like it. I think it's the best we've ever had. 
So I'd, I'd be happy to keep that personally, but you can't get much chance out of it. I do agree. I think with you can come you can come back to this with different angles. I think there's the old songs like I've been mentioned that get people singing, and the Wonder is a good one because it's obviously links to us quite well, and it's a good songs like that are good for getting people to sing along to. But and so there's that angle, and then there's the like the rock song that gets people blood pumping type thing, like Enter Sandman and stuff like that. So. In that regards, mine would be um, all these things that I have done by the killers. I think that's just a good build up, and it's just and it could go into a chant with, if it'd be cheesy as fuck. But um, I'm not, I'm, I've got a soul, but I'm not a soldier, something like that. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's my choice. What about you? Some good suggestions there. I mean, I, I liked um, Michael Murray moving the panda on Twitter. He came out with a really good one. Do you remember the Giles Ramirez Wanderer song from the? The very first couple of years at the Reebok, Tom. No, do you know what? I listened to it. Um, is it the one where they used to play the old the goals, the old goals, and they they'd, they'd go through it before? They did from they did from time to time, but it was a song that they commissioned when the when they moved into the Reebok, and it was a song by this guy called Giles Ramirez, and and I, I'm sure it was even might have just been called I'm a Wanderer or something like that. But if you listen back to it, and it's on YouTube, we'll put a link up on the line if you're on a Twitter account tomorrow when everyone's listening to this. It's the most bizarre song. In the history of the world, it makes no sense. The words are linked to Bolton Wanderers, but they're in a weird context about having a, a Bolton Wanderers attitude, which even after like 10, 12 years at the stadium, I've still got no idea exactly what that's supposed to be. It's really strange. But I'm going to come up with one that I really like. It's going to get everyone pumped up, but I guarantee it's a song that you've never heard of. So I'm going to spell it out to you. And anyone listening, I want you to listen to it, type it into YouTube, and tweet me, or tweet Line of Vienna Suite, what you think about it. It's called The Shingis Khan. And I'll spell it to you. D-S-C-H-I-N-G-H-I-S and Khan, K-H-A-N. And the song is exactly the same name. It's a German sort of fantasy trance spoof group from Eurovision Song Contest in 1979. Trust me, trust me. <laughs> listen to that on YouTube. You'll have a look, you'll see it, you'll hear it, you'll play it at full volume, and you'll think that that is the absolute greatest tune that we can possibly ever walk out on. So maybe we'll read a few responses out next week once you've had a chance to listen to that. But we do thank everyone for their uh, their suggestions. And that, that brings Love Pod 13 to a bit of an end. Um, Tom, thanks very much for coming on tonight. Uh, it's been great having you on. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Yeah, thank you very much, Noel. It's been, it's been really good. It comes. Uh, you've, come, you've come a long way since um, the dizzy heights of Mark Isles. But uh, no, cheers for having me on. <laughs> cheers. No problem. Well, we do appreciate you uh, you taking your time to to reply to us on Twitter and making us feel like we've got friends and we're not actually talking to nobody <laughs> out there. So, no, well, you're welcome back on at any time. Um, where can people find you on Twitter if they want to uh, contact you for further opportunities such as this? If you want to find me on Twitter, it's all lowercase, um, down the Manny Road, but road is RD. Um, yeah, give us a follow. Um, I think it's a bit Top cryptic man. and a pr- protected account, but, yeah, give us a follow. <laughs> Top man. Dan, thanks so much for joining us again, as ever. Your, your technical expertise and your uh, innovative nature in pinching segments from other podcasts is always appreciated. Um, wh- where can people find you on, on Twitter and so on? As always, it's um, at Mabroski, so you know, you know where to find me by now, I should hope. So, you know, come say hello. And don't forget to, if you would like to come on like Tom did today at any point, um, just keep an eye on the, the line of the end of Twitter and the website, and you never know, you might you may too get an opportunity to join us as as grand as that may sound hey give it a couple of weeks and we can get someone to host it because I'm going on melodies oh don't worry I'll, I'll be here no doubt sorted, lucky sorted. you hey well that's it I'll make sure I don't listen that week so remember <laughs> remember everyone the Genghis Khan 
absolutely top bollocks. So you, you, you won't regret it. But yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for downloading. If you haven't done already, rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast. Tweet us. Visit the website. Loads of great articles coming up this week. I think not uh, tooting our own on too much, but I think the, the, the standard of writing from the whole team has been absolutely fantastic in the last few weeks. Uh, so that's going to make going to continue over the course of the coming week, and we'll be back next week with Love Pod 14, which might be a Kevin Davies special. I've just sort of semi decided because it's got number 14 in it, but we'll see. But thanks very much. I've been uh, Chris at 19183, and we'll see you on the flip side. Bye.